Well, praise the Lord, everybody. This is Pastor Mark A. Stroud, and I thank you so much for joining me for another broadcast right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Well, I've got some exciting news. Today, we're in part number three of the series entitled Healing is the Children's Bread. And this is subtitled, You Promised. Oh my God, we had a wonderful time today and I cannot wait for you to hear it. Do me a favor, when you're listening to it, make sure you have some water around because this message is hot. (laughs) The Lord really just manifested himself in a powerful way and we are so excited and I'm excited to share it with you. Now, don't forget to go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. That's kingdomrock.org. There you can hear today's message and the entire series, as well as watch it too. Now, there are some parts that you're just going to have to see. So make sure you go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org and click on the YouTube link, or you may also find it, the video that is on the homepage. So check it out today. All right, without any further ado, here comes today's message entitled, You Promised right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Enjoy. Well, as you know, we've been in a series entitled Healing the Children's Bread. Healing is the children's bread. And actually, this is part number three of the series. Now, it is a purpose of the series, number one, for you to be healed and for you to minister healing to others. Twofold proposition. You must be healed and minister healing to others. Now, as we're in this healing series, as we're in the healing series, there's an atmosphere of healing, an atmosphere of healing. As we preach and proclaim the word of God that Jesus Christ is the healer, that by his stripes we were and are healed. As we proclaim that word by faith, I believe with all my heart that uh, many of you, you'll be be able to go home and do your tests and find out, hey, you, that that you thought that you have, you don't have anymore. Hallelujah. Go back to the doctors and take your x-ray. It's no longer there anymore. I'm believing the Lord for a supernatural healing to take place. Hallelujah. For the kingdom of God is not in word, not just in word, but in power. And in demonstration of that. Are you hearing me? You, you will lay hands on the sick and the sick will recover. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Help me, please help me remind your neighbor, this is not just about you. There are so many people that are hurting right now. So many people that are hurting. Now I know as well that we are hurting in our own regards. Hallelujah. In many different areas. But if you look past your pain and see the pain of others, you'll find that you are being healed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So again, this is part number three of the series. And today we're going to subtitle this. You promised. You ever say that to somebody before? You promised. It kind of makes you point your finger out, doesn't it? You promised. You promised me. Well, there are many things that God has promised his people, promised us. We're going to have to hold on to those promises until a manifestation takes place. Hallelujah. You hold on until a manifestation takes place. Hallelujah. 
So we're going to go over some healing scriptures uh, today, first of all, and I'll, because I want to always get them in the atmosphere, always get them in the atmosphere to help charge your faith up to what God has promised you. And then we're going to go further and we're going to continue to talk about uh, why healing may not be manifesting. We're talking about some hindrances to the manifestation of the healing. Now, God has already done the work. Hallelujah. He's already done the work. Jesus is not going to get back on the cross again, or he's not going to let uh, some man beat him again with the stripes. The work has already been done. Healing has already been purchased. Hallelujah. It's done. It's done. It's done. Fully done. But the problem is us receiving what has been done, receiving the full manifestation of what has been done. Are you hearing me? Hallelujah. Open the door for me just for a little while, please. I would appreciate it. All right, let's go to Isaiah, Isaiah 53. We're going to read verses four through six out of the King James Version. Let's get this in our hearing again. And it says, surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Now, the word grief there uh, can also be translated sickness, sickness. And the word sorrows there can also also be translated pains. So we can read it this way. Surely he hath borne our sicknesses and carried our pains. Say that with me. Surely he hath borne our sicknesses and carried our pains. Let's say it, let's say it together. One, two, go. Surely he hath borne our sicknesses and carried our pains. Again, surely he hath borne our sicknesses and carried our pains. Again, surely he hath borne our sicknesses and carried our pain. Now, why are you saying this? Because manifestation always comes after the word. You declare the word, and after the word is declared, you will have manifestation. But there is no manifestation without a declared word. You must speak the word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's what the centurion servant said to Jesus, rather the centurion uh, soldier said to Jesus, just speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. The word goes out and then there's manifestation. Are you hearing me? So what are you doing? You're beginning to declare this word over your lives and you're believing what he promised you. God promised you this. He promised you this and you're holding on to the word of God for dear life. He promised this to you. Say with me, you promised me. Come on, say it. You promised me. Hallelujah. You're holding on to God's word. Now, God is not intimidated by you. He's not intimidated by you. He wants you to pull on him. He wants you to declare his word. He wants you to rely on his word. Hallelujah. Your father wants that. So when you declare, Father, you promised me. What did I promise you? You promised that you uh, have borne my sicknesses and you carried my pain. You promised me that it was by the stripes of Jesus that I was healed. And I received that promise right now. You promised me. Are you hearing me? Amen. Time's up for being a, a jelly, jelly back and yellow back, whatever they call it. And wimpy knees, it's time to grab a hold to God's word and hold on to it for dear life. Amen. Are you hearing me? So let's go again. It says, surely he have, uh, we'll read it uh, in, the, in the text here. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him 
stricken, smitten of God and afflicted, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes, what? We are healed. Make it personal and say, I am healed. With it, all right, let's read that. With his stripes, what? I am here with his stripes. What? With his stripes. What? This is what God promised you. Say he promised me. And listen, the father always keeps his promises. He's not slack like some men count slackness. He's not a liar. What he spoke, he will do it. It shall surely come to pass. Are you hearing? All right, so the Bible says, with the stripes, we are healed. All we, as, as all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. The Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. Now, it says, by his stripes. Now, we know that uh, Jesus, according to the book of Deuteronomy, is now on the screen, but Deuteronomy 25, you can make note of this. Deuteronomy 25, verse number three, it gives the order... Um, uh, the order of how many times that a that a criminal could be struck, could receive a strike, could receive a uh, stripe. How many times a criminal, because there was a standard way, God told them only 39 times. You are authorized to do this. We talked about this yesterday. Only 39 times. It was really 40 save one or 40 minus one and 40 minus one is anybody? 39. So uh, Jesus was beaten with 39 stripes according to the according to the law. Now, there are also 39 major categories of diseases on the earth today. So for every one of those stripes that Jesus took for you and I, it covered those diseases. There's not one disease on this planet that has not been covered by that's not been covered by the stripes of Jesus. So no matter what you name it, Jesus has already taken care of it. Hallelujah. It's already done. Hallelujah. Say with me, it's already done. Now let's look at Psalm 41. Thank you so much. Now let's look at Psalm 41. Psalm 41, uh, verses 1 through 3 of uh, the New Living Translation says this. Oh, the joys of those who are kind to the poor. The Lord rescues them when they are in trouble. Verse 2. The Lord protects them and keeps them alive. He gives them, uh, what's that word? Prosperity in the land and rescues them from their what? From their enemies. Verse three, the Lord nurses them when they are sick and restores them to health. Hallelujah. Are you kind to the poor? Are you giving? Hallelujah. Then the Lord says here again that he will nurse you. He will nurse those that are sick. When he'll nurse you when you're sick, and he will restore you to hell. Say with me, you promised me. You promised me. Hallelujah. All right, let's look at our Psalm 103. We, we were here before. Let's look down at verse number three. It says, Psalm 103, verse three, it says, Who forgiveth all thine iniquity, and who healeth all thy what? Diseases. He promised. Say, you promised me. Promise. This is truth here. Let's look at Psalm 47, verse three. Psalm 47, verse 3 of the New Living Translation says, He healeth, rather, he heals the brokenhearted and bandages their wounds. These are things that the Father's, father's saying. This is his word. He has promised this to you. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. 
He's promised this to you. Now, uh, he also promises healing through his word. Healing through his word. Let's look at Proverbs 4. Proverbs 4, verse 20 through 22. Are y'all with me today? Amen. It says, my son, attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. Verse 22, for they are what? Life unto those that find them and what? Health to all their flesh. The word health here um, can also be translated healing and cure. God's word is healing and cure. It is a cure. So as you read the word of God, as you study the word of God and you declare it over your life, you're receiving healing. You're receiving cure. Amen. Are you hearing me? Many translations also uh, translate this as medicine. God's word is like medicine. It is healing. It is a cure. As you declare out of your mouth what God has promised you. Has someone ever promised you something? And uh, they said, I'll do this. But you, and you really needed it done, but they just didn't come through. What did you do? You really need this done. And you know they have to be here at a certain time. Did you just sit back on or did you call them? Hey, you said you'd be here. I need you here. I was depending on you to do this or that or the other. I need you to be here. I'm holding you to your word. You're going to have to hold the father to his word. Now, again, he's not some deadbeat dad or some or, or somebody that is slack. No, the father wants he likes that tension. He likes that pressure. He likes you to you to depend upon him and trust in him. Are you hearing? Amen. So he wants you to declare his word. Hallelujah. He wants you to lean on his word, just like Peter uh, as he got out of the boat. And uh, what held him up? Uh, when Jesus, you know, was walking on the water and Peter said, Lord, if it's you bid me come unto you on the water, Jesus said, come. What, what held Peter up? It wasn't the water. It was the, it was the word of the Lord. Jesus said, come. And on that word, Peter stepped out on that word, come. And as he stepped out on that, he was standing on the word of God. When did he begin to sink? When he began to doubt the word. That's when we sink, when we begin to doubt the word. Why did he doubt? Because he saw the circumstances. He saw the situations. He saw the test results. He saw the negative post or whatever it is in your life. All these things, you have to ignore that and focus on what he said. And you'll always get to him. Are you hearing? Let's look at another one. God promises healing through his words. Look at Psalm 107. Psalm 107 says this. Uh, rather, Psalm 107 verse 20 of the King James Version. It says, he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their what? Destructions. So the word is healing. Say with me, the word is healing. Now, what are we after in this series once again? What are we after? What are we after? I'm after you being totally and completely healed from the top of your head to the very soles of your feet. 
total and complete healing. And I, I see, I see with my imagination now, hallelujah, all the pill bottles lined up here on the stage because you've already gone back to the doctor and the doctor said, you don't need, you don't need to take those anymore in your life. You have been completely healed. You have a perfect bill of health. Hallelujah. And all those pill bottles, hallelujah, they'll be empty then because we don't want to start nothing. All those empty pill bottles will be a sign of how faithful God is. Are you hearing me? Hallelujah. How faithful he is. Glory to God. Hallelujah. The pill bottles, the canes, hallelujah, glasses, all of that right on the floor. Hallelujah. Testifying that God is faithful. Hallelujah. So as you are receiving healing, as you are declaring God uh, that he is your healer, as those words are flowing out of your mouth, you're also laying hands on others and they are being healed. Now, as I told you before, many times it, you may just touch someone. The Bible says you will lay hands on the sick and the sick shall recover. That is not always with prayer. Sometimes you will lay hands on them and you'll pray for them and they will be healed. Other times you'll just say, hello, how are you doing? Just in the touch, because what's in you will come on them. When you are filled with the anointing, filled with the presence of God, what's in you will come, will flow out of you and will flow up on you, should we say, and onto them. So as you are filled with the word of God, as you are filled with the promises of God, and as you're getting it for yourself, you can't help but to uh, release that to others. So you got to see yourself in that ministry. Hallelujah. See yourself as God using you because there's a lot of sickness and disease. There's a lot of hurt people. So many hurt and wounded people in this world. And if we are tuned into God, we can feel the father's pain. We can feel the pain of the spirit. Time is, it's not time for us to dwell in our sealed houses and not be concerned about others. No, this is the heart of God in this hour. You be filled with this word. Use, let him use you. Hallelujah. 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 There's an urgency today. I pray that you can hear this. There is an urgency of the spirit. There's an urgency of the spirit. So let's look at uh, 2 Corinthians, uh, the first chapter. Let's go to 2 Corinthians um, 1. It is the Father's will for you to be healed. Say it with me. It's God's will for, for me to be completely healed right now. That should be a complete, I mean, that should be, oh, hallelujah. That should be a something solid in your heart. And it is also God's will for him to use you to heal others. The believers, not preachers, apostles, the prophets, evangelists, thank God for the five-fold ministry, but the Lord said the believers shall lay hands on the sick and the sick shall recover. The believers. Do you believe in Jesus? Oh, come on, help me. Do you believe in Jesus? If you believe in Jesus, you will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Simply put, they will be overshadowed by what has overshadowed you. The Spirit of God will overshadow you. 
and they will be overshadowed with what's overshadowing you. Are you hearing? All right, what you are leaks out. We understand that, right? What you are leaks out. You can't hide it for very long. You say, you don't like, you don't, I don't like so-and-so. You can't hide, you can smile. <laughs> How you doing? <laughs> How you doing? Yeah, good to see you. <laughs> but after a while, <laughs> you can't hide it, but for so long. Are you hearing me? Phonies and fakes can't hide it, but for so long. I hear people say, you better fake it till you make it. Get, get out of here with that mess. I want somebody real. Are you hearing me? Mm-mm. Second Corinthians, the first chapter, um, verse 18 through 20 says this out of the uh, New Living Translation. And it says, as surely as God is faithful, our word to you does not waver between what? Yes and no. For Jesus Christ, the Son of God, does not waver between what? Yes and no. He is the one whom Silas, Timothy, and I preach to you. And as God's ultimate yes, he always does what he says. God always does what he says. He always fulfills his promises. You can trust in him. You can lean on him. You can rely upon him. He always does what he says. I don't care what your neighbor said. I don't care what your mama, your cousin, your uncle, Uncle Buki, Junebug. I don't care what any of them said. God will always be faithful to his word. Hallelujah. Now listen, we don't believe God based on our experiences. You don't believe in God based on someone else's experiences. You believe in God based on what he has said. Are you hearing me? You get in trouble with that. There are whole denominations built around experiences. They said that the Holy Spirit doesn't heal today. God didn't heal today because they haven't seen it. Because they haven't seen it, they said God is not doing it, so it must not be there anymore. Don't believe based on your experiences, believe based on what God said. Are you hearing? Oh, this is good word, Holy Spirit. Keep it coming, keep it coming. And so he always does what he says. Verse 20, for all, help me read verse 20 together. Let's read together, ready, let's go. For all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes. Come on, say it, yes, come on, say it. Yes. Come on, say it. Yes. yes. And through Christ our amen, which means yes, ascends to God for his glory. Hallelujah. That tells me every promise that God has made you, he says what? Yes. You don't have to doubt it. You don't have to think about it. You don't have to hold a long fast. If it's written, God says yes. He's already done that thing. Let's look at that same verse, verse 20, out of the, um, out of the New International Version, the NIV. And it says this, for no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Amen meaning yes, amen, amen, also meaning it is so, and so it is. Stand on that, stand firm on what he said, stand firm on what he said. Are you hearing me? 
stand on the word of God. When all else fails, stand on the word of God. Father, you promised me that you will supply all my needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I will stand on the word of God. You said that you're my shepherd and I shall not want. I will stand on the word of God. You said, you said that you do it and I will stand on this word. Come hell or high water, I will stand on the word of God. Let all else, let everybody else lose their faith in him, but not you. Hallelujah. Stand on his word. Are you hearing? Now, there are some reasons why people, some just can't do it. Why they cannot just stand on God's word. We're going to talk about that today because it has to do with a simple word um, that, that is simply unbelief. Unbelief. We're going to look at that very shortly, but you're going to have to stand on his word. Tell, tell your neighbor, stand on his word. Now we have to move a little bit quicker now. So God wants you to be healed. You want to be healed. And you have people around you that will also agree with you in prayer for your healing. Anybody know anybody that loved them, that care about them, who wants to agree with you about your healing? If nothing else, you should be able to look around this room and find somebody who would agree with you for your healing. Let's look at Matthew 18. Matthew 18, verses 19 through 20 says this. Ask, uh, again, I say unto you, verse 19, again, I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching. The word touching there means concerning. Touching, concerning this. Uh, if two of you shall agree on earth as concerning anything that they shall ask, it will, it will what? It shall be what? Done for them of my Father which is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Jesus saying simply, uh, come on up, Matthew men, come on up. They're going to help us out. Come on up quickly, Matthew men, come on. Here are two people. All right, face each other here. Uh-huh, come over a little bit further. Now, some of you may have seen this many years ago in a little cartoon. When they hold their fists out and touch, Wonder Twin Power. Two superheroes, Wonder Twin Power. When they agreed, power was released. That's a very prophetic thing. If you kept them apart, the enemies would try to keep them apart. Don't let, whatever you do, don't let them touch. Whatever you do, don't let them touch. I want you to keep them. He would, he, let them argue one with another. Let them fight one with another. Let them be offended with one another. But don't let them touch. Don't let them agree. Because if they agree, power, power is released. Power is released. Are you hearing? Ooh, I felt that. I hope that you felt that. 
keep the family at odds one with another. Keep mom and daddy fighting. Keep cousins fighting. Keep uncles fighting. Don't let them agree because if they touch, God said, I'll do the thing that they've been asking. So this is why the devil just keep on launching stuff and launching stuff and launching stuff because he does not want you to touch. The Lord said, if two of you shall touch and agree concerning anything, he said, the father will release the power. So you've got somebody who wants to touch and agree with your healing. And they believe me for your healing. And you know, God has said that you can be healed and you know that you are healed. But what's the hold up? And these are the things that we'd be talking about last time. We talked about Naaman, right? Remember that? He, uh, the Lord said, I'm going to heal you simply through the prophet. I'm, I'll heal you if you go down to the muddy Jordan River and dip seven times. Go wash yourself. But he almost missed it because he was looking at the place and not the word that was given. Are you hearing? Come on, shout hallelujah. Go ahead and release it. Go ahead and release it. Shout hallelujah. Go ahead and release it. Go ahead and release it. Go ahead and release it. It's there. Go ahead and release it. Hallelujah. Go ahead. Hallelujah. Go ahead and release it. Release the praise. Hallelujah. Go ahead and release it. Hallelujah. Oh, that's him. That word is like fire. It's like fire. Got to get it out. Hallelujah. Are you ready for more? Hallelujah. Now let's look a little bit further today. We're going to look a little bit further. And we're going to find out another key as to why we haven't received. Here again, this is like different shoes. When you find the one that fits, you might as well wear it. Hallelujah. You wear that thing and ask God to deliver you of that thing. Hallelujah. And that's so that you can receive your healing. It's like we're going on a long trip, but before we go, let's let the car go to the mechanic so the mechanic can check it all out. The mechanic finds a problem, that, well, that's a, that's a good thing. So he can go ahead and get it fixed because you don't want to get on the road and uh, get down the road and find that you've got a problem that has not been dealt with. Amen? Amen. All right, so uh, in this, this is why we're going through this. Now, let's go to Mark 9. Mark 9. And uh, we're going to start here, actually. Actually, we'll go ahead and start at verse number 14. Now, I have on the screen the, uh, in, uh, the NLT, the New Living Translation, but I don't want to read that per se right now. I want to go back into the King James Version. So I pray that you are equipped uh, with your Bible. If not, then uh, you can go ahead and read along with me. All right. But it says, it says this. Now it says, one second. Okay, I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'm not going to tell you what's happening here. On your private, your own time, you can go back and uh, and see what's happening. All right. So you you'll find here that Jesus has taken Peter, James, and John up into the mountain to pray, and there he was transfigured. He leads the the uh, the nine uh, disciples there in the valley, and and while while um, Jesus is gone with the three, the other disciples have encountered a problem. They've encountered a problem. And when Jesus comes back with the disciples, the Bible says that the people were just astonished. They were, uh, they were amazed at him, probably because he was still glowing with the presence of God on his life. And uh, let's start, let me just show you this in verse number, number 14. He says, and when he came to his disciples, he, um, he saw a great multitude about them 
uh, and the scribes questioning them, and straightway all the people that, uh, when they beheld him, were greatly amazed, and running uh, to him, saluted him. And this is what I love about Jesus. One of the things I love about him here in verse 16, and he asked the scribes, what question ye with them? I love this. Now understand something, uh, the disciples here, many of them were just, they were unlearned. Uh, Matthew was a tax collector. Others were fishermen. The scribes were men that were learned, learned men, learned in the scripture. They were teachers. These were some that were responsible for um, translating the laws, re responsible for educating the people. So they knew the book back and forth, forth and back. They were trained. And so we're here, here with these disciples, you know, even in the, um, further in the, in the uh, New Testament, they, uh, when some of the apostles came before the Sanhedrin, they said that we find that these men are, they, they said that they're ignorant and unlearned men. They're ignorant, but they perceive that they have been with Jesus. All right. So the scribes are the ones that were trained, that were learned. So here they are. I can see them here bullying the disciples. Bullying them, asking them questions. Now the disciples were already down on themselves because we'll see further on down that they had tried to cast a demon out of a young child and couldn't do it. Probably one by one. James, you try. I mean, rather, uh, Bartholomew, you go and try. He goes in there, can't do anything. Thomas, you go in, he can't do anything. Judas, you go in, can't do anything. That demon would not come out for any of them. Are you hearing? And so there you have it, nine of them, nine the number of birthing, nine representing really the church there at that time, could not cast that spirit out, couldn't do it. And so here are the scribes, the religious leaders, now questioning them, bullying them, taunting them, why couldn't you do it? And on this scene, Jesus steps up and asks, what you want? What are you questioning them about? I love that, how the Lord steps up, steps up right there. What, what do you want with them? Boys, come right here. What do you want with them? He loves you, and he will defend you. God defends you. Even in a moment of weakness, even in a moment of powerlessness, powerlessness, God will come and defend you. If you're doing his work, his way, doing what he called you to do, he will defend you. Even when you don't have an answer for yourself, why can you do it? Uh, 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 why can I thought you were with Jesus? Uh, 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 why can you do it? But God steps in and he will be your answer. Are you hearing? Oh, somebody needs to know that, that God will step in and be your answer. So I love that the Lord steps in. He knew their weaknesses, but Jesus is their strength. And so he goes on, let's look a little bit further. We will read just a little bit here. And one of the multitude answered and said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, uh, which hath a dumb spirit, which means that the boy cannot speak. The, the, the demon has muted him or the, the demon refuses to allow the child to speak. Now, first thing you see here that this child cannot speak, not not for a physical reason, but because of a spiritual reason, this child cannot speak. He cannot communicate with his father. So we see that there's a gap in the generations. The child cannot communicate to the father, number one. Let's go a little bit further. And it says here, uh, 
And whithersoever he taketh him, he, he teareth him, and he foameth and gnashes with, uh, gnashes with the teeth and pineth away. And I spake, unto, spake to thy disciples that they should cast him out, and they could not. Verse 19, this is highly prophetic. Please see this. Now, further on down, we see some more characteristics of the spirit, that this spirit throws the boy into the fire and into the water. So here again, he is mute. This child cannot speak. And he, he also goes through uh, different emotional ranges, if you will. Fire hot, always angry, water cold, always depressed, going between depression and anger, anger and depression, and they cannot tell why to their parents. Something is going on on the inside of them that they cannot control. Now we're going to find out why this is the case, why this generation is wild and out of control. In the very next verse, are y'all with me today? Jesus answered, he said, uh, he answered him and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him to me or unto me. He calls him a faithless generation. Faithless generation. Now that is extremely powerful because the word faithless in the Greek means unfaithful. It means faithless. It means not to be trusted. It means perfidious. Can you say perfidious? Don't use that word a lot, do it, but we'll, we'll, we'll define that word. It means perfidious, perfidious. Uh, faithless also means without faith in God. Now, perfidious means, it means deceitful and untrustworthy. Deceitful and untrustworthy. Perfidious. So Jesus said, this is a perfidious generation. You are untrustworthy. You are deceitful. Now, so we see here the head of this generation, this father, see this now, two generations here, see the father or the, or the child's covering being deceitful and untrustworthy. And a deceitful and untrustworthy generation will always raise a wild child. Because the head is out of order, the children will also be out of order. This man is an Israelite. He is a part of the, of the children of God. When have you ever seen Jesus come at someone else who asked them for healing like this? We saw him act similar to this with the Phoenician woman, the Canaanite woman, but she was not a part of the tribe of Israel. And Jesus said, you know, no, you don't cast the children's bread to the dogs. And she said, surely, Lord, but even the dogs eat the crumbs from, from the table. And to that we say, no more crumbs. We're no longer uh, strangers and aliens from the commonwealth of God. Amen? Amen? But you cannot find anywhere where anyone comes to Jesus and he treats him like this. Oh, you faithless and perverse generation. You perfidious generation, untrustworthy. You don't put your trust and faith in God. Seems like he's angry, like there's wrath stored up here. Why is that? He said, I brought my child to your disciples and they couldn't heal him. And he said, bring him to me. How long must I put up with you? Simply saying, listen, their faithlessness can also be, and we'll see this further on down, how Jesus says this is unbelief. Unbelief or, faithful, or faithlessness is a choice. 
You must choose to believe or choose not to believe. It is a choice. They had the word of God with them. Before Jesus came on the scene, uh, on a scene in physical bodily form, the Jewish people had the word of God. They knew that they could trust and depend on God. But this generation chose not to depend on God. They chose rather to depend upon themselves or their soothsayers or their other gods. So Jesus steps on the scene and says, you are an untrustworthy generation. I've trusted you with my word and you have neglected it. And now here's the result of it. Anybody seeing what this thing, what's going on here? He said, how long will I be with you? How long will I, will I suffer you? Bring him to me. Bring him to me. Saying, look, you should have been able to handle this. But you didn't because you were out of place. Notice something here. So it goes further on down as my time is winding up. Notice something. Then they bring, well, let's go ahead and read. Let's go ahead and read. Verse number 20 says, And they brought him unto him, and when he saw him, the spirit, the boy that had the spirit, uh, straightway the spirit tear him, and, and he fell on the ground and, and wallowing and foaming. Verse 21, And he asked, he, he asked uh, his father, How long is it ago since this came upon him? And he said, Of a child. And oft times it cast, he, it had cast him into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if, somebody say if. This is the conversation of a perfidious generation, of a faithless generation. He said, but if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. This faithless generation can only go before God and say, if, if you will heal me. If you will deliver me, if you will give me the money, if you will help me found a, find a spouse, a mate, if you will help me get this job, if you will help me get this car. They don't know for sure because they themselves are untrustworthy. One of the reasons that you will find it hard to trust in God, that some people find it hard to trust in God, because they themselves are untrustworthy. If you do not honor your word, you're going to find it hard to honor the word of God. If your word means very little to you, you will find God's word to you meaning very little to you. Let me say that again. Somebody didn't really get that, so I have to say that. Are you watching over your words? When you make a promise, do you fulfill your promises? When you make a vow, do you fulfill your vows? When you make a bill, do you try your best to pay it? And when you can't pay it, do you at least call them and say, I don't have the money now, but wait a while and I'll get it to you. Or did we just pack it away and act like it didn't even happen? Jesus said, this is a perfidious generation. Perfidious. God said, I look over all of it. And you're going to find it hard trusting in God, trusting and believing in his promises when you don't keep your promises. Let's repent right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you. We ask you right now, Lord God, to forgive us for the many times, Lord God, that we have said things out of our mouths, got involved in something. Lord God, we, where we have de uh, dealt deceitfully with things. We've given people or organizations or, or uh, creditors our words, and we have not fulfilled our words. We put it away. Father, we ask right now that you, that you forgive us of this sin. And Lord God, we repent in the name of Jesus. And we ask you to give us grace, 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 oh God, to 
to go back and correct the things that we need to correct, Father, in the name of Jesus. In any way, Lord God, that we have uh, uh, mistreated our brothers and sisters, especially those that are in the house of God, in the household of faith. Father, any way that we have mistreated them or lied to them, Lord God, give us grace to go back and correct those things because you see it all. Help us to be true to what we say in the name of Jesus. And so here we have again, Jesus said, this is a prophetic generation. Now, look, let's look a little bit further here. He said, all time it comes to the fire and water, but if you can do anything, if you can, that's the doubt. That's the word of a prophetic, a faithless, an unbelieving generation. That's all they can do is ask if. They are so uncertain because they themselves are uncertain. Amen. Let's look at verse number 23. Jesus said unto, them, unto him, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believe. So Jesus turns the table back on him. If I can do it. No, if you can believe. Yeah. Yeah. Meaning the answer is already in you. Faith is your initiator. You have to initiate the move of God. Initiate, start the move of God. It starts with you. You believing and you confessing starts the will of God. It starts the plan of God happening in your life. Are you hearing? I'm going to show you a few more things today. Then we're going to close out today. Now listen. He says here again. Hold on a second. He says, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believe. Now this, you could miss this if you don't catch it. Are you hearing me? Amen. Are you ready to catch this? Yes. He said all things are possible to him that believe. Now the word possible here, the word possible here means powerful, it means mighty, it means able. Possible means Powerful, say powerful, powerful. Mighty, mighty, able. able. Again, it means powerful, powerful. Mighty, mighty, able. able. It also means what? Strong. So let's look back at the text again. He said, if you can believe, all things are powerful, yes. mighty, strong to him that believes. Believes what? What am I believing? Believe what? Believe I'll be healed? Yes, yes. Believe in the finished results? Yes, yes. But what's under the finished results? What are you standing on? You're having faith in his word. So the word of God, if you believe, the word of God then becomes strong, powerful, and mighty to accomplish a thing that has been sent to do. Jesus said all things apart, if I, can, if I can do anything, no. If you can believe the word that you have already received, then that word would become strong, powerful, and mighty to move this situation out of your lives. In simplest, simplest form, Jesus said, you've been waiting on me to do something that you could have already done yourself. The Lord said, I have already sent my word and his word has healed them and delivered them from their destructions. He's already sent you the word. Are you hearing? The word of God becomes strong. It becomes mighty. It becomes powerful. It becomes strong when you put your faith and trust in it. So I'll say, I'll say to you again today, are you believing in what God has promised you? 
The Father has made you a promise. Stand firm on his promise. Hold on to his promise. Don't try to go your way. Hold on to his promises. He's giving you a financial plan. There's no point in you crying out like this man here. God, do something about this. God, do something about this. Do something about my son. Do something about my finances. Do something about my marriage. Do something about my home. Jesus said, oh, faithless generation. Oh, unbelieving generation. Oh, perfidious generation. You already have the word. Use what I have given to you. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? We're crying out to God for him to give us something that he has already released. We have to work his plan. We have to work his plan. Tithing and offering works. Work his plan. Giving to the poor works. Work his plan. Forgiving, walking in forgiveness works. Work his plan. Walk in his word. Are you hearing me? Walk in his word. Hallelujah. Walk in his word and you're going to see God manifest awesome things in your life. But understand something. Why didn't Jesus, and we'll stop here. Why didn't Jesus, upon seeing the little boy foaming at the mouth, having what looked like an epileptic, uh, epileptic uh, seizure, why didn't Jesus deal with it right then? What does he do? He deals with the father first. He deals with the covering first. Jesus said, if you can believe all things are possible to him that believes, then that father cries out, I believe, Lord, but help mine unbelief. The father then sees his weakness. He sees his wrong. After that point, then Jesus releases a healing. Because up until that point, if the Lord had just healed the boy and didn't deal with the father, the same thing would happen all over again. If you're laying, if you're lying in bed, and it's raining outside and you feel rain in your face and it's still raining in your face, you can get out of the bed if you want to and say, well, the problem is solved. I'm out the bed. I'm not getting wet anymore. The problem still exists. Fix the roof. When you fix the roof, the water won't get in your face. Are you hearing me? Fix the roof. The roof. It might be on fire. <laughs> Let it burn in the Holy Ghost. Are you hearing me? Once you fix the covering, the child can be saved. Once you fix the covering, the child can be saved. Once you fix the, co- fix the covering, the finances can be saved. Once you fix the covering, the family can be saved. Jesus deals with the father first and then the child. So I pray today that you will hold on to God's word because he promised you healing. He promised you deliverance. Find what he promised and hold on to it for dear life. Be like a bulldog and put your teeth in this and don't let it go until you receive the complete manifestation of what God promised you. I pray you've heard the word of God today. If you have, give Lord a mighty hand of praise. We're done in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Give God a mighty hand of praise. Go ahead and release the praise to him. Release the praise to him. Release the praise to him. Open your mouth and just release the praise to him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. As you're praising him, the answer's being released. Hallelujah, hallelujah, come on, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you one more chance. I'm going to give you one more chance to praise him in this atmosphere. Some of you might is silent. You're just looking around. You don't understand what's happening right now. As you're praising him, it's being released right now. Jericho's walls are falling as you praise him. But this is a personal thing. You've got to praise God for yourself. You've got to praise him for yourself. You've got to open your own mouth and give him glory. Come on, I dare you to praise God like you've lost your mind. Hallelujah. Let the devil hear you. Hallelujah. 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 Let your hallelujah be louder than your bank report. Hallelujah. Let your hallelujah be louder than your doctor's report. Hallelujah. Let your hallelujah be louder than your frustration. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You're attacking the devil with your praise. You're attacking him with your praise. You're attacking him with your praise. Hallelujah. You're going to praise the Lord anyhow. You're going to praise him anyhow. Hallelujah. God is faithful. Hallelujah. God is faithful. Hallelujah. You're not going to let a rock out cry you. Hallelujah. You have promised us. You have promised us. And Father, we hold on to your word. We're holding on to your word. We're holding on to the word, to the vision that you have shown us. We're holding on to that word. We're holding on to your word. We believe in what you said. We believe in what you said. We believe in what you said. We hold on to it. We hold firm to it, oh God. In the mighty name of Jesus. What you said shall surely come to pass. Father, we thank you that this is the year of manifestation. This is the year of manifestation. This is the year of release. This is the year of release. In the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that every hindrance is falling. We thank you, Lord, that every hindrance is falling. We thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that devil is running right now. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the glory that's being released right now. Thank you for the anointing that's being released right now. The anointing that is breaking the yokes and causing every captive to be set free. We pray that you are blessed today by the ministry. Remember, if you would like to hear this message in its entirety and even hear the entire series, just go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. That's www.kingdomrock.org. We will be so glad to connect with you. While you're there on the website, make sure to consider a financial donation in support of the ministry. 
And don't forget, if you're in the area, stop on by and visit with us every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. and Wednesday night at 7 p.m. We're located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Stop on by. And don't forget, while you're on the website, sign up for Kingdom Inspirations. We believe it's going to be a blessing to you. All right, until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose Him as your Lord today. Only He can make a way.